found out later that she was one of the prostitutes in that community. You talk about a divine appointment of having a flat tire, which normally would make you so upset. It made us late. We missed most of the service, but we were there for that lady. And she was open at that moment. We spoke the words and God used it. And that always comes back to me when I think about divine appointments. Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, Dan, Brian, and Terry discuss how to live a blessed life, God's way. Now here's Dan to start us off. Do you think you're not special? Do you think you're just ordinary? Well, I've got news for you. Ordinary Christians can decide to live extraordinary lives. And that's what today's episode of Finish Strong is all about. Maybe you think, I'm not eloquent. I don't have all these gifts. I didn't graduate with high honors. I'm just me. Well, guess what? God created you to be special. And there was a guy in the Old Testament. He wasn't a Moses or a David. But God did something amazing in his life because he asked God to do it. I'm Dan Wheeler, and I'm joined by Brian Rowland and Terry Steen. And Terry, there's a guy that's kind of hidden in the Old Testament, but he prayed an extraordinary prayer. Oh, my goodness. And he's also very hard to find. Probably one of the least read parts of the Bible. It's in First Chronicles. How many times have we read Chronicles? And in the first nine chapters, it's all genealogies. It covers thousands of years and over 500 names. But as you start reading through it, when you get to the 44th name, it's kind of like everything stops. And there's a little story that's built into the middle of those, and it's the story of Jabez. Jabez was, he had a lot of brothers, and his mom bore him and had a lot of pain in the delivery. So she named him Jabez. Can you imagine? Because Jabez means pain or trouble, or a problem. How would you like to have, oh, here comes Jabez. Here comes that pain. Here comes trouble. Oh, man, here comes that problem. And uh, then the historian just kept on going, rattling off more of the genealogies. So it was very interesting. Brian, do you have that right there? Why don't you just read that? I have it right here, First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. And it's amazing because what like you said, it came out of Jabez's name and what it meant. But he actually, you know, he trusted God. And he says in, in the verse, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother, who called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me. And that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Yeah, that's found in First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. You'll be amazed how this story just pops up out of nowhere. I think the reason we don't read a lot of Chronicles, Terry, is because of all the begets <laughs> and all the genealogies. But the point, uh, what Brian just read is Jabez did not let his name stop him or define him. But it said he was more honorable than his brothers. Uh, 
to be more honorable means that you're honest, you're fair, you're worthy of respect, you do the right thing, you keep your word. And that's what uh, Jabez did. And he didn't let external things define him, and we shouldn't either. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. God's ready to bless us, and we're going to uh, look at that, and Brian's going to talk about that a little bit later. But, um, you know, God really wants to, to bless us. But let's look at that prayer in more detail. Well, when Jabez is praying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. I mean, it's a blessing means to impart supernatural favor. And that's what he's asking God for. And God wants to do that for us. You know, when, we're, when he's praying that too, he's actually asking God uh, to put his hand on him. And, and his hand speaks of power and a touch of greatness. And, and you do not become great, but God becomes great through you when, you when you're praying like this. So why not ask? It's in God's nature to bless us. So why not ask now and uh, for his blessing to be upon you and to expand your territories? Yeah, did, uh, Jabez left it entirely up to God, though. That was the interesting thing, because so many times when we ask God to bless us, we have a predetermined idea as to what we want to be blessed with. And sometimes it's really not in God's will, how we're praying or what we're asking for. But I think the key to this, when, when Jabez asked for the blessing, was he left it entirely up to God to decide what it would be because he only wanted what God wanted for him. And if we could just get that into our heads, that that would be our prayer. We only want what God wants for us and that we would pray exactly what God desires. You know, there's a couple great promises of scripture and sometimes we don't think it works and we get confused. Like in Matthew 7, 7, you know what probably it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find knock and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and him who knocks the doors opened. So sometimes we take that scripture and think whatever we ask for, we get, but it has to be within his will. It can't be just anything that we want. And then James four, two is another great one. You don't have because you did not ask God. When you ask, you did not receive because you asked with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And that's the problem. If we're praying and asking with the wrong motives, we can't truly expect that blessing. But look at Jabez. He prayed with the right motives, asked for that blessing, and we'll see what God does. And he knew where his blessing was going to come from. That's the important thing. You know, I've often heard that the power of our prayer lies not in the person praying, but in the person we're praying to, the God of the universe. And Jabez believed that God could bless him, that he could enlarge his territories. You see, God's blessings are limited only by us. We're, we put the human ceiling on his blessings. And we think uh, we can only accomplish so much. It can only go so far. But God has resources beyond our wildest imagination, and he's willing to give them. So as we said, you know, Jabez left it up to God what the blessing would be. 
Uh, and Bruce Wilkinson in his book called The Prayer of Jabez, I'd suggest you pick it up. Uh, he said he talks about the touch of greatness, and we're going to get into that later, but that comes from God. And this story, the story of Jabez, is proof that it's not who you are or who you think you are or what your parents decided you were going to be. God is looking for people who want to do more for his kingdom. It's not what you were fated to be. No, God wants the very best from you. What, what counts is knowing who you want to be and asking for it. And I think that's something we all have to ask ourselves. Who do I want to be? I know I've, the last few years I've just said, I want to be a man of God. I want to be a servant. I want to be faithful and true, a vessel that God can use. I don't, I don't want to miss those opportunities that appear every day that he brings my way. And um, we all have to, to look at uh, Terry, who do you want to be? Well, I think that's the key. It's, it's so, if, if we say we want to be who God wants us to be, that's really the bottom line. And once we figure it out, once we can release our own desires and release our own selfishness and release our nature, mm, that's when yeah. God can come in. And so when Jabez asked to be blessed, he extended it further and he, and he said, and, and I want you to enlarge my territory. Now, the first glance at that would there again be, give me more land, give me more possessions, make me great. That wasn't worth yeah, I, I think I think of a salesman who wants a big territory, you know, a lot of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're talking about the, the territory, exactly. And, and he wasn't looking at it that way. What he wanted was to enlarge his life to have a greater impact for God. Hmm. And if the motive's right, if it's to enhance the kingdom, if it's to further the name of Christ, then you can't go too wrong. So he wasn't talking about possessions. He was wanting more influence. Wouldn't it be incredible that if we could have more influence on everyone we come in contact with? He wanted more responsibility. He wanted God to give him more things that he could do for the kingdom than what he was doing. He just wanted more opportunities. Hmm. And then he wanted to use the area that he was given his skill set. You know, we, us, we guys have talked about it many a time, you know, we're all skilled in different areas and we all have our expertises and he just wanted God to take his expertise and use it to further God's kingdom. So, and, and once that happens, you know, sometimes that's almost a scary thing to pray because we feel like our lives are so full already. How could I possibly have God give me more to do, give me more influence, more responsibility? But as the opportunities expand, I believe that he's supernaturally going to increase our ability increase our resources and our talent. He never gives us more than we're capable of. And he doesn't give us any responsibilities that he won't give us the ability to do. And so I, I see that being a real key to Jabez's life 
as we look at that, he's asking for opportunities and the responsibility and then is trusting God to take care of it. Well, I can relate to that. You know, I remember when I was in Chicago in the early days and my buddy Joel Krugel moved to the area and he started a church. And he asked me to lead the singing. And I thought, oh, man, I've never done that before. And all I, all I can do is play guitar. And I was used to having church with worship with a lot of instruments and everything. And then he asked me to teach the adult Sunday school class. And then he asked me to teach uh, a class on cults, religious cults. And I just thought, oh, man, Lord, I don't know. But I think, you know, Brian, you can probably relate this to this, too. We're all kind of afraid that if God really does give us those opportunities, we're not going to have time to do what we want to do, right? Uh, absolutely. I agree with that because, um, and, I, and I look at the prayer too, I see that, um, that the, what the purpose of his prayer, I really believe, was that he wanted to become what God wanted him to be uh, and, and more, and not just asking for things. He wanted to become more. And that's what happens in our life too, where people God puts them in places to prod us, to push us, to get us to that next level. Because we're not going to take it of ourselves, a lot of us, because of fear. But we're not going to take that ourselves. So I agree with you, Dan. I, I think Joel was put in that place in that time to move you along and just get you further uh, into where you're at today. Right. Yeah. Well, Terry, you know, you talk about divine appointments. God gives us those opportunities. we got to be ready for them. Yeah, that's part of the whole expansion of our influence. You know, if we're going to open ourselves up to be out there, we better be ready. We better be looking for them. I remember uh, I was on a missions trip a number of years ago. It was quite a while ago. And we bought these rent-a-wreck cars because we were trying to save as much money as we could. And they were they looked terrible, but they did run. So we had two or three vehicles. They were going to this church. We were going to do an evening service for the church. And the car I was in broke down, had a flat tire. And it was right in front of a convenience store. And there was a front porch there. And there was a lady sitting on a chair there on the front porch. And we realized we had to change this tire and we had to see if we had a spare. And this, this lady came walking down to us and was asking what was wrong. And we began to interact and have conversation with her. And we told her what we were doing, where we were going, and we began to witness to her. And it was so neat and interesting that over the course of those few minutes, I don't know how long it took us, we were able to lead that lady to the Lord. We found out later that she was one of the prostitutes in that community. You talk about a divine appointment of having a flat tire, which normally would make you so upset. It made us late. We missed most of the service, but we were there for that lady. And she was open at that moment. We spoke the words. And God used it. And that always comes back to me when I think about divine appointments. I definitely had one in the hospital. I was uh, leaving. My kids said, Dad, you need to get out of here when Beth was getting bad. And it looked like things were starting to get near the end. I was under so much stress. And Kirsten said, Dad, I'm here. Kelsey's here. Sherry, one of Beth's friends, is here. You need to take a break. Just go to the health club, sit in a sauna, just get out of here for a bit. So I did, and I walked, and I saw the elevator was open. I got in the elevator, and when the doors closed, nobody else was on the elevator. I just let my emotions go. I lost it. I was just weeping. I got off the elevator on the first floor, and I hear someone say, Mr. Wheeler, Mr. Wheeler, what's wrong? And 
I look up and here comes this guy in my book, Hurricane of Love. I refer to him as Dr. Kind. His name was Dr. O something. It was a real long name, but he was a Christian. I knew it the day I met him. And I said, Dr. O, I just, I'm just wondering if God's hearing my prayers. That lady's everything to me up there. And he said, oh, you're wondering, huh? He said, well, let me tell you something. Two minutes ago, I was right here ready to get on this elevator. Something told me to go back to the cafeteria. He said, I walked back to the cafeteria, and I thought, what am I doing here? I've got 22 patients. I'm never late. i got to get going. He goes, I walked back, and I saw you, and I knew why I was delayed. God intersected my schedule, so I'd be here to meet you and tell you, God hears your prayers. He's going to heal your wife, either here or on earth, or ultimately, she'll be healed in heaven. He loves you very much. Now I have to go. And he got on the elevator. I walked out. I was blown away. I said, that is a hmm. divine appointment. Oh, that yeah. sure is, Dan. And I'm sure he was blessed being able to be there to bless me by that. How about you, Brian? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go on the other side of this, where that, where I saw God put people in places. And one was my mom, which we talked about before. Every time she'd have to go into the hospital, I'd say, what's up, mom? She's going, God wants me to speak to somebody. And she'd always be there going room to room and praying with people. And just recently real recent. My mother-in-law had a stroke, went into the hospital, paralyzed on her left side. She couldn't speak. She had, a, she had a blood clot in her brain. And they were able to get in there and dissolve it. The next day, the paralysis was gone. She was speaking fine, completely healed. Before she left the hospital, just in two days, she told me last night as I was talking to her, I led someone to the Lord. And one wow. of the people in the hospital that she was put there for that. And her nurse, the male nurse, was a Christian, got on the phone with my wife and I and prayed with us, had just calmed us down and let us know everything that was going on. He was there for a reason, too. And I, we really believe that that was a divine appointment of, of uh, the nurse being there as well. And the thing is, to get into these two situations and to be used of God this way, we have to fight through the fear of what may come if we let ourselves out like that, if we're going to tell people about the Lord and, and about His saving grace. And that's what happens. Once we, uh, if we don't do that, we start getting the fear build up in us. And once we do that more and more, then, then our own nature starts talking about failure. And that's what God says, no, he's, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to bless you. You got to fight through that fear to do the right things. See, God specializes in working through normal people like you and me who believe in a supernatural God. And I think Terry said it once before, and it's the perfect formula. If you take my willingness and weakness, plus God's will and supernatural power, it'll equal expanding your territory. And I think that is the formula to live by. Oh, that your hand would be with me. You're right. We need to depend on God. Dependence on God makes heroes of ordinary people. I can't, but God can do all things. When we release God's power to accomplish His will, and we bring Him glory when we do that. Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So God can give us that touch of greatness. We don't become great. He becomes great through us. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And Acts 1, 8 says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then we can be witnesses to him and for him in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, Bruce Wilkinson gives an example in his book of his son when he was preschool age they were at this big park and he and his wife were sitting on a bench watching their little boy and he got up on a small slide there was a small a medium and a large slide he got up went down the small slide was having a, a blast and then he started looking over at the medium slide decided to go try that and he was a little bit fearful 
And he looked over at his dad, but his dad just looked away because he wanted to see what he would do. And eventually he got up and went down. Well, he got to the big slide and he got about a third of the way up and he just got paralyzed. He was frozen. And he yelled over and said, Dad, Dad. And his dad said, what? He said, will you come with me down the slide? And his dad said, why? And he said, because it's too big for me. And his dad went over, picked him up. They marched to the top. He put him between his legs. They slid down. We need to be like that with our Heavenly Father. Dependence in the Christian life is just another word for power. Yeah, and I'm even reminded of a couple other verses along that line there, Dan. In first, or 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, it says, Not that we're competent to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He's made us competent as ministers of the new covenant. If we think we can do anything in ourselves... We're just kidding ourselves. Then Second Chronicles says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He will strengthen us. And, and how, where does this strength come from? The power of the Holy Spirit. So I heard this saying, it might have been Bruce saying it in his book, but it was for the Christian. He says, dependence is another word for power. Once we become dependent on God and don't think we can do it ourselves, that's when the power takes over. That's when the Holy Spirit can work through us to accomplish what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Well, we've only got a few minutes, guys. So uh, just a a warning. Let's we're going to pick it up a little bit, but uh, still a lot to talk about, Brian. Yep. Oh, that you would keep me from evil is what he prayed. And that's really success brings with it greater opportunities for failure. And he would, he's asking God to put his uh, protection around him, to keep him from evil so he doesn't fail. Reminds me of the slide you just talked about, Dan. He's asking God to help him when it came to the big problems there. And we can experience more attacks through distractions, opposition, oppression. It can Anything like that can come at us like flying arrows. That's why we have to pray that God would keep us from evil. Because if we're not tempted... The devil's not worried about us. That's so true. And, and, you know, most Christians, they typically pray for strength to endure temptation. But the reality is God tells us to pray to keep us away from temptation. And, and so Jobez had the formula. You know, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew six thirteen, lead us not into temptation. So if we could just get it right, because it's only sin. Sin's the only thing that can keep us from accomplishing what God wants us to. Yeah, there's a lot we can learn from Jabez about living a blessed life. Think about this. How would your day unfold if you believe that God wants your influence to grow at all times with every person you meet? You know, we, we need to be thinking about that. Are we looking for those opportunities to influence someone for the Lord? Because when I have stepped out and acted at those times, God has blessed me abundantly. And what if we had the confidence that the Holy Spirit, or as Jabez said, that your hand would be with me, if the Holy Spirit was constantly directing us, how much more power and strength would that give us in our daily walk? Mm -hmm. And the purpose of his prayer, again, it isn't really to get what we want, but to become what God wants. Yeah. Would you look at your day differently? Ask God for the God-sized best He has for you and ask with all of your heart. Well, we're uh, near the end, guys. So let's talk about our final takeaways. Uh, Terry, I'll start with you. 
Well, you know, sometimes we settle in and get in a comfort zone and don't allow uh, God to use us the way he wants. And so when I read this story and when I read this prayer, it just kind of rejuvenates my thinking that it is time to trust God to expand my opportunities and to expand what he can do with me and through me. So it's it's a challenge. It's a personal challenge for me. Yeah, and I look at the prayer, too, as a prayer of freedom. It's like God giving me the freedom to, to open myself up so that I can reach other people and talk to other people without having any other fear that would come upon. So, you know, there's sometimes you'll talk to someone and they're, they're bringing up a question and you're going, should I talk to them about the Lord? But they're leading you that way and you're not realizing you got to look for that opportunity because it's there at that time. And so when we're, this prayer to me is that God has given him more opportunities and would give me more opportunities to expand my territory, to expand uh, what I can do for the Lord. Yeah, so remember when Jabez said, uh, oh, bless me indeed, he was asking for God to impart supernatural favor. So we need to ask God to do something that only he can do, that without him we would fail. John Matarazzo is our producer. John, how can people uh, rate our podcast today. Yeah, if you go to uh, Finish Strong on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening, make sure you rate it and give it five stars. And as you rate it and you write a little description, that actually helps more people discover Finish Strong so that they can uh, enjoy this episode as well, just like you have. Make sure that you share it with a friend as well. Thank you, John. Well, for Terry and Brian, I'm Dan Wheeler. And I want to say, don't be afraid of the biggest slide in the park. Remember, dependence on God makes heroes of ordinary people like you and me and Jabez. God is looking for people who want to do more for his kingdom. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Finish Strong. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.